0: Okay, so this is less than 43. 43. I, think I think we'll stop, stop at 44. At 44. Uh, um, what, what I mean, encourage you, and I'm, I'm assuming, assuming and probably as soon as I assume something, that's a mistake. But I'm assuming that you're reading the, the, the text, because I would say, if you're not, that you, at least at the end here, read all of Chapter 7. I mean, I could have done four or five lessons out of chapter seven. And, uh, it's just right out in his uh, summing up, uh, what he's been teaching, uh, is really good in how he does it. So, so lesson, uh, 43. First question is, and by the way, if you have the book, it's It um, starts on page 240. The um, question is, what was the primary theme of Peter's sermon in Acts 2? Now, you know, I looked at it and I thought, boy, well, you don't need to be reading that whole thing. But if you did read it or you are familiar with uh What's the primary purpose of Acts 2? What would it be? Well, he was <clears throat> telling them that uh, you knew this Jesus. You saw him do all kinds of miracles. And uh, you crucified him. <laughs> so based on what you just said, what would the theme be? All right. All right. Who would the theme be? <laughs> It's, it, it's Christ. It would, it would be the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: And why? And why that's so relevant is that that's the work of the Spirit.
1: <laughs> just, she just whispered to me, "That's the answer to everything, Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too
0: bad Luke's not here. No, Luke, Luke, would, Luke would have the answer just like that.
1: <laughs> I, you know, with that, Besides that, uh, I think it's summarized in Acts two thirty six. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom he crucified. Yeah. That's his summing, summary statement. Yeah,
0: and that's what he's doing, you know. he's uh, The interesting thing about the, the, the Acts 2 sermon was there were just tons of people in Jerusalem and it's... This uh, activity, when the Spirit descended on the disciples and the believers, uh, it created a big commotion and people came. And most of the feast was going on where people from out of town were there. And so, lots, you know, in a Jewish economy, if you were uh, a male, you had to go to Jerusalem three times a year, and this was one of those times. Interesting that the Holy Spirit would pick this day, and so there's a lot of uh, Hellenistic Jews and a lot of uh, Jews that live all over the Mediterranean Basin who are there, and they hear this sermon from Peter, and he talks about the fact that the Lord, Jesus, or that the Holy Spirit, he, he identifies
2: the event.
0: He talks about the Holy Spirit as the one who has created this event. And, And, but but the the event is, it's it's almost like a herald herald saying, saying, there's there's a a lot lot of noise here. Somebody Somebody set off the alarm, rang the bell, and everybody came to see what it was. And And once they got there, once they got there, Peter started to talk to him. And and what he he talked to him about was the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is and what he is. Because if you think about this, how long has it been Since he was crucified, or well, since he left the planet and went to glory, and before that crucified. How long has it been? Fifty years. Fifty? Pentecost. Yeah, Pentecost, uh, after the the Lord went to heaven. How many days was it there? Forty? Anybody know for sure? And then uh, when when he rose from the dead, he was around for 40 days? So it's it's about two and a half months. months. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so so he... uh, Christianity has not really started, even though the resurrection happened. This is the beginning of the church. Right? What makes it the beginning of the church? Were there any Christians before this day? No, there weren't. Well, how how about about the thief on the cross? Mm -hmm. How about about the 12 apostles? How about about those guys? What makes a person a Christian? Union. What's the Holy Spirit do? He's the agent. And, and so, so two things hap Two of the main things is is, is that the Spirit, Spirit comes, the Spirit of Christ, Christ comes, uh, and uh, uh, occupies permanently, permanently the, believer. the believer. But there's, but there's another part. part of it. What's, What's the other part of it? The believer, the believer is, placed is placed in Christ, Christ. And, that's and that's the huge difference. Do that? that, and that, and that placing in Christ, Christ is what. As Paul, Paul talks about later, God, later and uh, according to what I've been teaching for years, 33 things happened at the cross. Well, 33 things happened at Pentecost. The events that Christ accomplished at the cross became the events that were applicable to all those that were saved on Pentecost and subsequent. you see that? So, our... Uh, Our dependence on the Holy Spirit, not only for salvation, but for the understanding of all that's happened in his work is critical to the believer and his understanding of who he is. You see that when you read what Peter said as he spoke to the crowd, and you think back a few weeks about Peter, it's stunning. It is. Like the it Holy is. In his life. I will say. I will. Uh, I will say this too. Um, although Christ is the focus of everything that he says, a lot of the content of what he talks about is Jewish. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean by that? That he's he's talking about Messiah. He's the creation of the church, but even Peter doesn't understand everything that really is going on spiritually at this time. It takes the apostle Paul to show up on the scene to really explain what's happened and what is happening in a Christian's life and what what's really going on, and where there's um, where there's uh, a complete separation away from Judaism to Christianity we were we were with some people yesterday for breakfast in California, and uh their their uh, cousins and aunts and uncles, and I don't know there's a lot of them of Regan, my daughter her side of the family and uh their grandmother was a Jewish woman who converted to christianity so their her their grandfather was a, was a believer and, and married and Jerry, and Jerry who was, and so, and so there's a huge Jewish, Jewish influence in their Christianity. <laughs> okay. and, and I, I almost, to, but I, but I was mad, managed, managed to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ask, Ask them a question, question like, is, is there, what's your opinion, opinion about is the, the church an extension of Judaism, or is it a totally separate entity? Because they're, <laughs> in their practicing Christianity, there's a lot of what, a, a lot of Juda, Judaism in what they do. So uh, and I, you know, I, I dare say that there's a lot of Judaism in what most Christians do. So anyway, anyway right up right right road, road we, find we find that it's still Christ, none but Christ, who's presented as the object. He talks about the theme, not primarily the Holy Spirit, but Christ, and that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He's always in the background, but he's always the cause or the doer of what's happening. And he talks about Peter talked about Christ being rejected he talked, he talked about, about a Christ, Christ uh, is the one, one who God, God had exalted, exalted because of what he had done and Christ, Christ through whom forgiveness of sins and every other blessing was offered pretty simple sermon, sermon really. really and that, and, that, and that's true for us it's true for every uh, believer from that time till this time, that Christ through whom is the forgiveness of sins. Huh? We haven't spent a lot of time studying um, the Jewish um, temples and how, and how they dealt with sin. But Peter's talking about through this one man his forgiveness of sins. He did it, you know. And all you have to do is believe that he did it and who he is and you will be saved and your sins will be forgiven. I got to imagine that to a Jew, that sounds too simple. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I've been humping all my life down to the temple and buying all these animals and doing all this stuff and now you're telling me I don't have to do that anymore? Yeah, that's what Peter was telling
1: me. You know, it's kind of Today, we you know if you get some deal, it's too good to be true. What's the catch they're they're all doing that, I'm sure is you know we've been working, we had to do all these sacrifices, we had to do all this you know the hundred and one things we have to do, now you're telling me just simple faith and believe in him mm-hmm. i am sure they are going, yeah, I mean, what's the catch? What do we have to do you're, you're you know yeah. you're, a sna- yeah. you're a snake oil salesman, you know yeah. they're they're trying to figure this out, and it doesn't make sense to them. It it did, it I, I mean, uh,
0: when I got saved at 35, that was the one question I kept asking these guys. Do you mean to tell me that if I believe in the person and work of Christ, I never have to do another thing? And they said, yeah, that's right. That's what we're telling. And, of course, my response was Barbara Streisand. <laughs> so, um, for those you who didn't get that, her initials are BS. And so... uh and finally, finally, you know, they, they, they said, said now, now, understand something. You're not going to believe in the person and work of Christ and then get parked in a corner someplace. That's not how it works. You'll be involved, but it won't be because you have been given a, a book full of rules that shows you what you need to do to be involved. You'll be involved because you want to be. But you don't have to do another thing in terms of salvation. That was was really tough.
1: Well, I was thinking too. With the Jews, there there was also a change of destiny as well, right?
0: How do you mean? Uh, They that they thought that because they were Jewish, they'd be members of the kingdom. Yep. And now they're being told that they're going to be in Christ, right? That's that's going to. Well, he doesn't really talk about them being in Christ at at this time. He does, he does talk about the kingdom, mm. you know. He doesn't really talk about being in Christ. I'm not sure that Peter knew. Okay. You know, I find, I find it interesting that uh, in the educate the spiritual education of the Jewish nation, the Lord is careful to do it a step at a time. You know, forgiveness to is the number one deal, and then we'll work from there. You know? It seems like Peter was just talking to them about things that they, as if they called them men of Israel, would understand. That's right. Well, well think about when when Peter goes to Ananias' house and there's this recurrence uh, the of the Pentecost that comes down on uh, the, the tongue of the fire, come down on Gentiles, Peter's a astonished. He runs back to the guys in Jerusalem and said, Guess what, fellas? God, God intends to save the Gentiles. They must, must have, have looked at each other and he said, No. No, we're separate. No. He's gonna save the Gentiles too. That must have been a real awakening to to all of them. And and they must have thought, Wow.
1: Well not only that, you can eat anything. Yeah, You know, he had the vision of that. And right, right before he went. Anything, I mean, yeah. yeah, that in itself was, you know, blowing the doors off their, yeah. their world, let alone, on top of that, the insult of insults. You know, they used to go through around Samaria to not associate with, you know, the Gentiles and the <laughs> half-breeds or whatever, and they would go around. That's how much they hated the Gentiles. Couldn't eat in yeah. the house, couldn't do anything. Now Peter comes back and says... Not only did I eat at their house, you can eat anything at their house. That's right. You know, just think of what that earth-shattering message is to them. Mm -hmm. You know, we we kind of read it and it's like, yeah, well, I'm trying to figure an equivalency of us, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, man, somebody comes into your house and now you can, you know, smoke cigars and drink whiskey every day or whatever, I don't know. You know, you you can do that. That's perfectly good. You know. Uh, You're not not going to go... Yeah, you don't have way. to go or get purified if you do. Yeah, I mean no, it's, it's just a, a whole new mindset for them.
0: Yeah, and you know it's interesting about that. Later on, when Paul comes on the scene, he modifies that behavior because the, the cool thing about Christianity that's different, the big difference in Judaism, is that Judaism, because of the law, was all about me and what I did. Christianity is about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did, and how my involvement in Christianity is to show others the grace that he has given us. So, I would modify my diet and my behavior if it would benefit you. See, a Jew never did that. Everything benefited themselves. So, did did those believers that listened to Peter, did... Are
1: they in Christ, even though they didn't know that's what was being taught? Oh, sure. Okay. No. Sure they are,
0: because, because uh, was three thousand were not saved, but put in Christ that day.
1: How does it? How does that read? You know, I, I think about that too. How did the three thousand, you know, it, it, with this new message and we're, that we're just what we're saying, how radical the message was. Oh. But I, I you know, after. And this is one of those things that I think when I were in Israel and all, you know, and Bethesda, Bethesda or whatever, uh, Bethsaida, excuse me. You know, he spent time there with them and day after day, you know, we, we only get a glimpse of his life during that time. Mm-hmm. And I think there were thousands of people he met with and that, that these are the people who on mm-hmm. the day of Pentecost were there mm-hmm. and they understood. Because they'd been with him or they may have didn't understand, but they'd, they'd been with him, talked to him, you know, maybe, you know, the sermon on the mount, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of things where I think they were prepped prior to this day because, you know, it, it, the radical message would be awfully hard to swallow in one day. And I think there, the, the 3000 or something were the ones that Christ had met with or yeah. had been with. Or, yeah. or, or another group would have been uh, the disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, yeah, yeah, because they were they were prepped. So, so yeah, they didn't he, understand the what you know between him and what he was giving and yeah, you know, their preaching and that. But they were the, you know they had the message that you know someone greater is coming and um, you know. But I th- that's right. You know, I just can't understand like what we're saying. How. Radical the message in three to five thousand or whatever it was it sure. came out of Christ on Pente- Pentecost or in the, you know, days afterwards. How right. did they accept this radical message? And it had to be that, you know, the Holy Spirit was working on them and Christ had met with, you know, Sermon on the Mount or any of these places right. or just his time alone that's not recorded. Right. right. And then they, they, they go, now I understand. Well,
0: but, and I think, Sue, there's some that, uh, You know, as he describes where they all came from because of the holiday. You know, if you're a Jew and you don't live in Jerusalem, then you're not subject to the politics and all the stuff that's going on there. You live out someplace in uh, Macedonia or somewhere else. You know, you're not. You're going, you're going you're going not to the temple every week you're going to the local synagogue and they and a the synagogue was a place like Alley Hills is a place for teaching about the old testament and so those people i'm how do I say this I think they for the locals, there probably was the fear involved for the people that were from out of town to hear this message, especially with the work of the spirit in them persuading them fear wasn't a big factor because they were going to leave Pharisees couldn't do anything to you know Uh, that's why the, you know years later there's a huge church in Antioch well you know in the beginning of most of these uh, churches were Jewish people you know because I'm sure that they probably didn't evangelize Gentiles until until Peter said hey look and the word spread. Um, you know, Gentiles are allowed. <laughs> I would say that a huge percentage of the Body of Christ, Christians in America and the whole world, have no clue about being in Christ and and uh, positional truths. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saved. But they have no idea about how beautiful the real message is. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably true. Although you'd be, I think we might be surprised if we were able to travel a bunch and talk to believers, you know. And i I always marveled that when uh, um, China started to open up uh, because of... Uh, who was the president that went over there back in the 80s, 70s? Richard Nixon. Yeah. And, so and so I noticed that uh, when I was first a believer, that a lot of these televangelists that were on TV, all of them had cranked up uh, missionaries to go to China, and when they got and and they would do you know videos from there talking to Chinese people, they found out that there were a lot of Christians in China that they thought they were going to go evangelize them. And they kept running into these guys, these people that were already believers, thanks to to Hudson Taylor and Watchman Nee and people like that. And not only that, they probably had a a greater grasp on Christianity than the guy holding the microphone, because he was from... Turner broadcast, or not Turner, but whatever those broadcasting companies are that are on TV here. I mean, the ignorance that they show about Christianity is amazing. One more thing: when, talk, when, when, when Peter starts talking about the Lord Jesus, how does he present him in terms of where he is now and what what is he doing?
2: He's at the
0: right hand of God. That's exactly right. That he's in glory now, as a man. He's, he's uh, from their perspective, he's the Messiah. But he's taken care of the sin issue. He's at the right hand of God, and, he- and heaven is now open, so to speak, uh, for those of faith. And the way into the holiest manifested, and that Christ was all in all. So, so what Peter, Peter is teaching is, <coughs> you can't, unless you're a Pharisee, you have no, cho- no shot at getting into the Holy of Holies. But what Christ's work has done has opened a way for you to go into the real Holy of Holies, which is where Christ
1: is. That, that adds to that shock factor, everything, trying to accept this message. That you know, you know, all the fear of going into the holy of holies and all the you know this that and the other. Yeah. Now now the doors open. The doors wide you know, open. and you can eat anything and go have lunch with the Gentile. You know, yeah. That <laughs> it it couldn't be more you know 180 degrees what they had been for sure you know generations.
0: Well, and well, we on Tuesday men study we started the book of Hebrews and you know right, right, right away. At the the very very beginning, beginning, you know, the first verses are that in times past God spoke to us through the prophets, but now he's spoken to us through his Son. And then it describes who his Son is, how magnificent he is, and where he is. You know, and then by the time you get to chapter 10, we get to chapter 10, We're going to to find out that we have access into the Holy of Holies. And oh, by the way, when you read through the verses, there's no exit. There's no back door. You go in and you stay. Racing along here, going to question two.
2: I just add one thought to the first question there. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, Courtney, you just mentioned, or one of you mentioned, um, location. So... I think that the the, the comment that out makes about, um, it's Christ in glory now, uh, at the right hand. So they're, they're all of a sudden having to look heavenly in a way that they've never had to before. Um, they're thinking, okay, maybe this is the time where you are resurrected and, um, you take the throne, you know, of David. Uh, you're, maybe there's an earthly play here but everything is heavenly and the Holy Spirit points to every bit of that resurrection and that new location of the Lord Jesus that had to have been just uh, like, okay, we've been seeing Christ, you know, his ministry for the last 30 something years. And we saw him crucified and we know that the the Jews were, you know, a part of that. It, It says that in verse 36 there, whom you crucified. And here they're, they're saying that, you know, Christ Re- resurrection was a uh, definitive proof that the Holy Spirit was convicting these these men and women of in a way that they had never imagined where Christ's location would be. This was this was radical. And, and Donna's question around were they in Christ? Uh, they didn't know about it, but they were. We t- talked about that. Um, but having a heavenly perspective is where th- in Acts two that's where it all begins. Um, having that resurrection perspective, this is where the Holy Spirit starts to point men and women to the resurrected Christ. so if we could say it, a lot of these believers, while they had much in common um, they they were on that salvation labor room floor, so to speak. you know, they had just been born again, and they're being asked uh by Peter to look at the resurrected Christ in a new location. Um, and that's that was a big deal. That was a shock factor for them too. I think, um, in addition to the things that we've been talking about, I think you're right. And, and uh, I think question two
0: amplifies that a little bit, where he says, "What's what is the one distinct work of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit?" I and mean, it's interesting what Rado does. He goes, um, he wants to talk about the Lord Jesus and resurrection glory, obviously. Uh, he is, his resurrection, is resurrection glory is the an- anti-type, antitype of Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod. Everybody know what Aaron's rod was all about? Moving now, up. Thus provides his exchange, exchange exclusive rights to the everlasting, the, realize, the everlasting priesthood. That's the other thing they didn't realize, that every believer is a priest. He didn't have to be born in a, a tribe of Levi. And he, and he says, Not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life, Hebrews seven sixteen. The candlestick tells thus tells us of the glory of a risen and ascended Christ, Christ, the Son of God. Okay. He, goes he goes on. This, this is accords with all that, that we have heretofore seen of, of the Spirit's work. We look at the passage I have just read from the eighth eight of numbers, numbers. Uh, 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 this, this is uh, uh, the, uh, cool uh, the lights the Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit were to, to give light over against the, the candlestick, the, the, candlestick the perfection hand 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 of Christ, hand 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 Christ, hand of Christ risen. risen in other, in other words, words the one distinct work of the Spirit is us to exhibit the perfections hand hand and the glories of Christ and you know kind of a not a difficult question but how big is your Christ and how much do you know about him this person he's the son of God you'll fi- he said you'll find that though all through the, the thought that thought all through scriptures there was no other light there but the light of the candlestick in the Holy of Holies And under its being, all the glories of the sanctuary were visible. For us, blessed be God, holy place and most holy are one. The light that illuminates our sanctuary shows the way into the holiest of all made, holiest of all made manifest. And it is by the Spirit we recognize how true all is for faith. Through Christ, through Him, Christ, we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. So what Rideout is saying, there is a light. There's light in the in, in, in the holy of holies. But in the in the true holy of holies, the Lord Jesus Christ is the light. He and His glory is the light, and all that He is. Um, not only gives you the access, but the permanency of, of your position there. And, uh you know, again, uh, when we get to Romans 5 on Sunday, one of the things cool things about Romans 5 is access. Do I really have the access? Believers say, well, I sinned. Do I have the access? Yeah, you have the access permanently. You belong there. Well, you know, sometimes living in this sinful world that we live in, it does everything to tell us we don't have access. So when we read that we do, it's um, it's a challenge to us, a challenge to our faith. Do I trust the Lord or do I trust my experience? Do I trust the Lord uh, and what he says or do I trust how I feel about it?
1: You know, this this goes to the union with Christ, or intimacy with Christ, or knowledge of Christ. (laughs) There's, you know, and with the Jeremy Camp one, the insane power and all that. There's another song that's out right now that it, it, and I I think it's, kind of goes with what you're saying. And and one of the verses go, on the on my best day I'm a child of Christ, on my worst day
0: I'm a child of Christ. Yeah, that's really
1: cool. You know, I think that's really. Yeah. Pertinent to us that you know we're we're still a child of God. We are yeah. still in His, you know, he, he still dwells in us. We have we are in Him and He's in us, right? On a good day or a bad day. Or a day. bad day. You know, That's when right. I'm an idiot, I'm still a child of God. Yeah. When I'm you know whatever, the, I'm a child of It doesn't matter. We are always a child of God. Yeah. Always in Him, and and He's in us. And And that's that's such a a fundamental fundamental thing for us as believers.
0: Our location never changes, because it wasn't us that secured the location in the first place. It was the Spirit of God who did it. And so, therefore, I may not, because of sin, enjoy my location, but there's a remedy to get back to that quickly But the location never changes, just like the Lord Jesus never changes.
2: I have a clarifying question for you, Mike. Okay. You mentioned that Christ is the light. Um, Are we saying that in the illustration of the lampstand in the tabernacle, that that illustration relates the lampstand to the Holy Spirit illuminating all that Christ is? So wouldn't we say that the Holy Spirit is the light? Uh, You know, yeah, but not to the exclusion
0: of Christ, I would say. Because, you know, when Paul saw the glory of Christ on the road to Damascus, what was he looking at? He was looking at the glory of Christ It blinded him. And that's another thing about what it's going to be like to be in the Holy of Holies. We think it's really bright when they turn the lights on, or you're standing out in the sun. That's nothing compared to what it's going to be like in there.
2: You know? We often pray for illumination through the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And in that illustration of the tabernacle, and I think also just the role of the Holy Spirit is to shed light on the glories of Christ, which become Very blinding. Sure. In I, un-
0: think, I think, think that's the best God. way. Yeah, I like that. Okay. 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 We're, We're over. Singers got to sing. bit <laughs> So let's pray. Father, how we thank you for your son. Thank you for, in particular, also the work of your spirit that reveals him to us (laughs) and all that's true of us in him. Not only what's true, but where we are. And that's so important to us. So we thank you, Father, and we pray in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen.